When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Drive ball deep to left. Span back. He made the catch. Denard Span, valiant effort, comes up with a huge catch. Denard Spann, our uh, longtime favorite here with the Twins, yeah. a great, great guy. Left here in two thousand after the two thousand twelve season. Man, it can't be that long ago. Thirty four years old. He ended up in Tampa Bay this year. He was home. He was his mom could watch him pay. Everybody felt kind of sorry for him. And when he got traded to Seattle, because he was May, in the Longoria trade, right, yeah, to go yeah. to Tampa. Yeah, on, on May twenty fifth. Everybody felt kind of sorry for him. And basically, Tampa just had to take him for the money. And then they just wanted to dump him for the money. Well, Seattle, he's played 46 games for them. He's hitting 295. He's, uh, you know, knocked in 18 runs, scored 18 runs. And last night, he jumps over the fence uh, to save a home run. And he had three knocks. Yesterday, had a great game. And he's also... Raising uh, money, uh, the Der- Denard Span Foundation is uh, trying to raise $10,000 in June and July in celebration of Denard Span's 10 years of service in the major leagues. Wow. Now, here's something else. Get ready in the Stearns County League. I believe that when he's done playing and he wants to get out of Tampa when it's hot in the summer... He could end up here in Minnesota playing for the Farming Flames. Why? Because his wife is Annie Schlepper. Oh, come on. And Annie Schlepper's his wife, hockey player in the, uh, she plays for the Buffalo team in the, uh, whatever that hockey league is that we're getting a franchise in. Mm-hmm. She was a good player at, uh, uh, for the, for the Gophers. She was a good player for the Gophers. Remember her? Well, uh, yeah. her and Denard got, uh, they, they'd been an item for quite a while. They got married in January 2017. They have a child. And uh, Annie is, I had to check to see if she's from the farming schleppers. You checked with your Stearns County correspondence. Stearns County source, I said, <laughs> is she a farming schlepper? Because there's a few schleppers up there, right? Uh, here's the deal. Okay, we got it. Let me get it here. Let me get it here. Uh, okay. Her dad is Jim. Jim's dad was Ed, a farming schlepper. 
I think one of the brother, one All of right. the six brothers, the Schlepper brothers, Jim and his siblings went to St. Cloud Cathedral, as did Annie and her brother. But if your grandpa was Ed Schlepper from farming, and you you come back home, you're eligible to play for the Farming Flames. If you've got a resident, and if you got yep, a husband, yep, he's eligible to play for the Farming Flames. I think, and farming's, you know, two years ago, they had a great year. Last year, they didn't even make the playoffs in the Stearns County League. Last time I looked, they're not doing well this year in the standings. They need a little... They need you know, some juice. They need some yeah. extra. Listen, Jimmy Eisenreich came back from the Twins in the same year. He was the, you know, when he was having his problems, came back from the Twins. He was the MVP of the state baseball tournament. <laughs> For uh, whichever Boudreaux's, either Boudreaux's. St. Claude Boudreaux. Or, yeah, I think Boudreaux's. Well, Denard could get his amateur. What, how long would it take? Let's say he plays two more years. He's having a good enough year. He'll probably play a couple more years. Uh, he can get his amateur standing back within a year, right? I think so. And, I mean, listen, as a guy whose team has benefited <laughs> from the location of a guy that was a former big yes, leaguer, right. I am not going to stand in the way of the farming flames leading getting Denard Spam. Leading off playing center field <laughs> for the 2012 farming flames. No, 2022 probably. 2022. That's yeah. what I meant. 2022. He plays two more years. Uh, he gets the wife down in Tampa for a summer. She says it's too damn hot. We got to go up and spend the summer on a lake in Minnesota. Sure. They buy a lake uh, oh, a, a lake place a nice out there little on spot. Either, yes. On either up, upper spunk, middle spunk, or lower spunk. <laughs> uh, those the nearby lakes. Uh, there's always a spot to buy on spunk on one of the spunks. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he leads off for the farming flames in in 2022. Could you I imagine? The Stearns County League itself, getting an asset like Denard Span to oh, be a part of it, be, it, it would, would be fantastic. Would all, We'd uh, have to do a live show for The only there. trouble with Denard would, if he played in the league, they couldn't go home in the fall because they'd have to stick around for all the weddings. Right. <laughs> which all start in... The weekend October, after Labor Day. Uh, yeah, or <laughs> late September till November, we got nothing but weddings in the Stearns County League. Every every player in the league who gets married has got to invite the whole league. So Denard, had, it cost him a lot in wedding presents. But I can see Denard leading off for the Farming oh, Flames in about four years. That's right. Having a good year, though, by the way. I'll tell you, one of the best dudes we ever had. He's a terrific guy. And think it, of the career. the way he comes off. Yeah, 10 years. I Ten mean, years in the big leagues. He was on the Twins when they were still good. Yes, went to Washington. They were good. Went to mm -hmm. the Giants. They were good. He's had a he's had a great run. Who would we get for him? Oh come he, on! Uh, you Meyer, don't remember uh, Alex, the Alex, the great pitching Ray prospect, Alex, Alex Meyer. Meyer? Had to give him up, right? He and, had to, he and Rivera both got traded the same offseason, right? Yes, yep. causing Ron manager Ron Gardenhire to <laughs> say to Terry Ryan when he called him up and said he traded Rivera too. Said. Who the bleeps my center fielder? And of course, they had to play Aaron Hicks, and he wasn't quite ready, and that didn't work out. So that's worked out. Uh, by the way, Aaron Hicks, home run number 17 yes. last night. Yes, he's left handed. 17. Somebody taught him to hit left handed because he could, he was so bad left handed when he was here. <laughs> That remember he was going to hit right-handed for. Two said, I think I'm done switch right. hitting. I'm yeah. done switch hitting. And now yeah. he's, uh, you know, last night he had another left-handed home run, 17. But Denard Span, sports person of the day, and 
future farming flame. You heard it here first. <laughs> campaign it for it you are not going to Let's get Annie Schlepper traded to the Whitecaps, too. Come on. Get her out of Buffalo. Yeah, might we as want well, her right? playing for our team. So does she live there during the season? Jeez. How does that work? I don't know how these things work. Uh, but uh, anyway, let's, uh, you know. And plus, you know, if Annie and Denard have a bunch of kids... Oh. We could have a gender, you know, oh. 15, 20 years from now, we could have, the flames could have a big revival. The farming flames are reborn. <laughs> yes, that's right. Once talent. a schlepper, always a schlepper. <laughs> we'll be back. Brett Bollinger uh, covers the Twins for MLB.com, and he's right back at it uh, tonight uh, as the trading deadline approaches after the hectic uh, Thursday in uh, Boston. Uh, things continue here, sir. Yes, we get here in the clubhouse, and sure enough, uh, you see Zach Duke get pulled into the manager's office, and uh, sure enough, there's a trade. Uh, Zach Duke to the Mariners for two prospects. They had a pitcher and chased a young he pitched in the majors a little bit last year. Um, might be a 4A guy, we'll see. And then they got an infielder uh, who's a young kid who leads the Midwest League in home runs and RBIs uh, in, in Class A. So a little bit of power for that guy, corner infielder. Not a top 30 prospect, though, for the Mariners. So not a huge return, but at the same time, it's Zach Duke. But that was uh, another move here today. You're not getting a fellow who's without experience at moving at trade deadlines, however, in Zach Duke, a left, a veteran lefty who might be pitching when he's 40. He gets, he's used to this, I would say. Oh, yeah, definitely. We talked to him after the trade and we asked him, you know, did you expect the Mariners or, you know, Seattle? And he said, basically, I looked at everybody, like every team out there that was buying because he knew he was going to get traded. <laughs> uh, he actually was happy about the upper mid, or sorry, upper, uh, you know, Pacific Northwest up there. He has family in Seattle. Uh, obviously, they're in the pennant race there, trying to go for the wild card. So uh, he was excited about that chance. But yeah, he knew as a lefty on a one-year deal that if he was out of it, which of course they are, that they were going to you know trade him. Is, is, is this his first time there? I can't really keep track of where he's been. <laughs> so. I'll have to double check too. I think this is his first time there, but he's been yeah. I was in Pittsburgh, everyone. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think it was first time. He seems like one of the low key guys of all time. I didn't. I talked to him maybe once in spring training and didn't have much reason to talk to him. But he throws it over and hopes for the best. Oh yeah, totally. It's amazing. Yeah, no home runs this year too. Forty-five really? appearances, no home runs. It's hard to square him up. I mean, he does give up runs, and it's like he had the you know three seven five year race. It wasn't like he's totally lighted up, but uh, yeah, the sloppy kind of throws, different angles. Um, interesting guy, like you said, very low-key, easy guy to like, though, veteran guy, he's quiet, he's pretty funny, uh, once you get to know him a little bit, but yeah, so I think he'll be missed in that sense, uh, kind of a quiet leader type guy, but uh, yeah, I think it made sense, though, do they, uh, to move on. Do they have a sense. new body in here yet to replace him or not? They do, they do. Uh, Addison Reed was activated from the deal. Oh, okay. Okay, so he's here, and uh, uh, Mejia gets to stay a little longer as a lefty out of the bullpen, huh? How about that? He was actually pretty good yesterday. Too. Yeah. Coming in there, three scoreless, uh, one hit against yeah, the right, the Red Sox. A couple of big strikeouts. Two did a good job against J.D. Martinez. Uh, so, yeah, you never know. Maybe keep him in that role for a little bit and see how he does. But uh, at the same time, I think it's more likely they're going to trade Lance Lynn uh, by tomorrow. He'll probably take Lance Lynn's spot in the rotation. It's probably my best guess. Do you think uh, they'll move Dozier if they don't get a decent offer? I, I think that he's still likely to go. I think right now the two most likely guys are Lynn and Dozier. A chance of Rodney. I think Rodney having that option for next year kind of makes the Twins think twice about that. But I think with Dozier right now, 
uh, it just would make a lot of sense, although a lot of the teams that are interested in kind of already made a lot of moves. Yep, right. The Brewers obviously traded for, you know, made their trade, and then the Dodgers obviously already made their trade for Machado. So we'll kind of see what kind of market there is for him. I mean, right, if there's not a good offer, there's no reason to, because, I mean, if they really want to, they could offer him the qualifying offer after the season, but he obviously could accept it as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, but I do think at this point that Lynn's probably as good as gone, but I do think that uh, Dozier, at this point, I think is probably likely to. Uh, Lynn won't get you much more than uh, Zach Duke, I wouldn't think. I, I agree with that, yeah, totally. I think an NL team, I think a flyer on him as a mid to back of the rotation type guy, but yeah, you're right. You get, you're you're going to have to give him some cash. You're going to have to give him some cash if you trade him, exactly. dude, don't you? Totally agree. Yeah, it's uh, he's a, he's been an interesting cat, man. He's he just makes such hard work of it, and he didn't use to pitch that way until last year. He didn't he didn't throw as many pitches, uh, you know, before. But boy, he just can't make it easy anymore. He just he just throws too damn many pitches. He does, yeah. And I think some of it's like Tommy John surgery. Like yeah. I said, it didn't start to last year. Before that, he was a good pitcher. You know, I think his career Ray with the Cardinals is like three three. So I mean, he was a good pitcher over there. I think Tommy John hasn't really ever fully recovered the command uh, like he used to have. But, but like I said, maybe he's an NL guy. Maybe an NL team take a flyer on him. He can kind of get it going there. But you're right. So I don't think they get a big return. But at this point, there's no real reason to have him in the rotation the rest of the way. He's going to be a free agent anyway. Uh, what about uh, Dozier pulling a 1995 uh, Rick Aguilera went went from the Twins to the Red Sox and ended up saving a game, and that's in inside the Metrodome and ended up saving a game. Uh, what are the odds of Dozier uh, getting in that bat against the Twins on Wednesday for the Indians? Do you think there's any yeah. chance of that? I thought of that too today, and I was talking to Dozier pregame. But yeah, there is a chance of that because they are a team that could be, you know could use the second baseman. I know that uh, there have been reports for the Indians that used have checked in on Dozier. So you know, I know Kipnis has had a down year. Uh, it could make some sense. Obviously, Salvi knows that front office and the, you know the prospects they have over there. It's always tough to you know trade away uh, you know your key player to a you know contender in your division like that. But yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. I certainly wouldn't rule it out. But it would be crazy to see Dozier in an Indians uniform here. Yeah. Same thing over the weekend. I thought it would have been weird if they would have traded yeah. Dozier to Boston while we were there. So uh, you never know. It happened with Delman Young a few years ago. He had traded to Detroit when we were in Detroit. So you never know. Hey, uh, how's uh, Dozier's got to be a little miffed at what's been going on here, huh? Oh, yeah. We talked to him pregame and asked him, you know, if uh, if the hurt from the trade has gone away yet. And he uh, pretty much said it's never going to go away. And it's always going to linger. You know, always miss Escobar. Uh, they're definitely best friends. It was even the day they were traded, uh, the night that you know Escobar was traded, Dozier called him after the game, called him twice the next day. Uh, clearly, Dozier uh, was hurt by it. He even apparently talked to both, you know, Thad and, uh, and Derek about the trade. He wouldn't say specifically what the conversation was about and what came of it, but he did talk to the front office to voice his uh, displeasure on, on the trade there. So he's definitely not a happy camper to, to lose his best friend in the team and, and know that this team is uh, kind of selling and, and, and pretty much moving on to next season. Hey, Eduardo uh, didn't play last night, but he got a double his first game he played. I saw he, he got another double. So uh, when he when, when he and he hit fifth for Arizona the first game he played, then he didn't play last night. Yeah, I think he was two for four with uh, with a walk. I did see him botch a little uh, grounder in the third, but uh, Sub Miller had it on the iPad. We were watching a little bit of Esky uh, a couple of days ago there in Boston, just on the iPad to kind of see how he was doing because. It's hard not to root for the guy. He's one of the more fun guys I've ever covered. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. You know, we we kind of overdo it a little bit, and fans get a little sick of it when we start talking about what a nice guy somebody was. But he was a character, man. Yeah, and I like he was a, a character. He wasn't a character, but good guy too, though. Both those guys are great guys. 
Yeah, that's that's true. So, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're not done, and boy, they're uh, it, it's really hard to uh, suggest that uh, boy, we got this great return, even if they're uh, hot prospects, because they're all they're all a ballers, and none of them are top of the. T- some of them are good prospects, but they're not top of the line guys. So it, they're all thirty percent chance type of guys, and that's hard to sell to the public. It is hard, especially when they're that young. He said, they're all class A guys for Escobar. At least with Preston, they got two kids that are pretty highly rated. Uh, the one kid, you know, 19 and sees some, sees some time at double A as an outfitter, kind of a fast, speedy type, uh, uh, leadoff type player. And then they got the pitcher who's got better stuff than results so far. Um, but he's a double A guy, at least. But you're right, it's not anybody who's a top 100 guy. The guys that at least are in the top 20 of the twin system. So they got some depth, but yeah, it's more depth guys and guys kind of they could maybe even use for future trades. And there's no one guy in there that's some sort of stud future all star at all. Uh, but it is more organizational depth and more and more you know pieces. You never know. You said it is more of a crapshoot sometimes with those prospects. But yeah, none of these guys are are top hundred studs or anything like that. Hey, Red, who do they got that they can abuse in the bullpen like they did Presley uh, and and know he's <laughs> going to go out there with good stuff? I mean, that bullpen is a mess right now. Yeah, I hope it's not for his own sake. I hope it's not Hildenberger. I mean, we'll see no. what happens with him. I think he's the best guy they got. Hopefully they don't overuse him and do anything to, to kind of jeopardize his future because uh, I think he's uh, the best guy they got in there. And then if they trade Rodney, which could happen too, you know, maybe Hildenberger is the closer, though, too. Maybe it's Reed if he pitches any better. But, yeah, you're right. Right now they're going to be counting on guys like Gabriel Moya and some of these guys uh, to come in here and do the job. And a lot of those guys they've called up throughout the year, Buzinitz, Curtis, some of these guys, uh, we'll see more from AAA uh, up later in the year. Haven't really pitched that well up there. Busenets so is going to be uh, has been, the rest of the way. Busenets has been terrible at Rochester. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. uh, say what, yeah, uh, Miguel? Uh, the, the the new skinnier Miguel uh, didn't uh, make any more contact. Uh, what do we think? Yeah, it's you know it's two games, but you're right. What was the over seven with five strikeouts? Is that yeah. right? I mean, yeah. a lot a lot of K's. That first game, I only struck out three times and four at bats. At least one decent at bat that stretch where he struck out, but yeah, same contact issues we've seen before. He is slimmer. He, he did lose the fifteen to twenty pounds. You could you could definitely tell. Um, but yeah, he's got to make more contact. That's still the key. But you know, this is his big chance now to kind of play the rest of the way and prove that he can be that guy. Um, but it is two games, and it's been a lot. It's been kind of a crazy, uh, you know, couple months for him there. What's going on at you know Florida and AAA kind of earlier than they expected because of the trades Escobar. Uh, I don't know if he's quite ready yet, but um, he we'll needs, see. I mean, it's definitely a big month for him. He needs uh, some uh, positive reinforcement here, too, to uh, make him think that uh, that actually trying to get some discipline in his life was worth the uh, worth the time. So it would be it'd be nice to see him put the bat in the ball here a couple of times. So <laughs> exactly, yeah, and get some results out of it. Definitely right because that was a lot, uh, a long process. So if he can actually have a big second half, it would certainly help his confidence. All right, Rhett, hang in there between now and the middle of the afternoon tomorrow. So, All right. Okay. Good. Rhett Bollinger uh, covers the Twins for MLB.com. And uh, Zach Duke gone today, so they've now traded three people. And you might as well move Dozier because there's no way you're going to offer him the uh, qualifying offer, $18 million. He He'd have right. to take that in a heartbeat, wouldn't he? I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, uh, and and I I think he's a little miffed at everybody. He got he got a little edge to him, and he can't be real happy about what's going on here. But heck, they had to play better to keep these guys from trading all these people. So uh, it, it it continues tomorrow. Apparently, maybe even after the game tonight, you'll hear about more trades. We'll be back. 
live inside the TCL Broadcast Studios. The ride with Royce rolls on. Chris Reavers has a sports update. Thank you, Manny. This report is sponsored by your locally owned Domino's. Introducing Domino's Hotspots. Get pizza delivered to outdoor locations like parks, beaches, and more. Not at home? Not a problem. Visit Domino's.com for details on Domino's Hotspots. A lot of activity as Major League Baseball's trading deadline approaches. Uh, well, we're about, what, 20-some hours from right now. The Twins have traded Zach Duke to the Seattle Mariners along with Cash. Uh, in return, Seattle is sending right-hander Chase DeJong and corner infield prospect Ryan Costello, who we just learned is leading the what league, Patrick? The Midwest League. The Midwest League, league in home runs and runs driven in, uh, according to Rhett Bollinger. So... Congratulations on that move. All right. He's a 31st round draft choice. I wouldn't I wouldn't have a parade. Hey, I am getting that. You know what we're doing? We're building depth in the organization. <laughs> we, we are. That's good. That's very important. The uh, Because even right now even our minor league teams stink. The Astros have <laughs> Just also acquiring assets. If you look in the standings, the minor league teams stink. The Astros have struck a deal to acquire a rele- uh, closer Roberto Ozuna from the Blue Jays according to Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic former Astros closer Ken Giles is heading to Toronto. Well, along they with, must have hated Ken Giles. Oof. Well, he, and, he had uh, a big run in with, with the, the uh, manager. manager yeah, yeah. Inch, yeah. Uh, the uh, Torontos are also acquiring. I'd rather have a guy who had a run in with the manager than run in with his wife, though. Yes. Yeah. Girlfriend or whatever it was with us. The Yankees have also traded uh, relief pitcher Adam Warren to the Seattle Mariners. No word on what the compensation going back to New York was. I know what it was. I bet oh. it's international signing money because they're eating up getting these hot shots. They just signed the best pitcher in this in this international signing ground. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's all they need. More. And according to Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, is that Tampa right? Tampa Bay Times, yes. Uh, the Rays have asked for final <laughs> offers on starting pitcher Chris Archer. Let's get him. Let's go get him. Really? It's gonna you, cost you just you? got five all these hot shot prospects. It's Put them gonna, in a bundle. Go get Archer. It's going to cost you Royce Lewis, though. No, I'm not giving up Royce. I'm not either. Maybe Nick Gordon. Would you move Nick I'll Gordon? Give I'd Nick give Gordon. up Nick yep. Gordon. Yep. Uh, speaking of the Twins, they are going to play baseball tonight. They open up a six-game homestand with the Tribe. Uh, Maurer, Rosario, Polanco, Dozier. Kepler is back in the lineup at designated hitter. Robbie Grossman, Miguel Sano, Jake Cave in center, and Mitch Garver Hitting behind that the low wall in Fenway looked like it hurt, didn't it, when uh, Kepler was at trying to first, hit that screaming line drive? When Devers hit it, I thought, oh, this will be a line oh, out, and uh, it just kept well, going. Yeah, but it was a rocket. It was a rocket. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, and I don't know if you saw this, Patrick, but uh, the University of Minnesota and head football coach P.J. Fleck yes. are going to take part in a special unveiling of uh, the new Row the Boat Wall at the University of Minnesota Masonic <laughs> Children's Hospital tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The new graphic will tell the history of Row the Boat, which is a never-give-up mantra no, and no, lifestyle. No. And we're making the reason that we're going to have the history, we're still writing it here, this yeah. uh, this history. Okay, that's well, good for you. I'm See? very proud of him. I'm very proud to have the sixth best coach in the West Division of the uh, of the uh, Big Ten. Well, I have Lovey Smith. I knew you wouldn't be able to help yourself. I can't help. Speaking of college football, how about this story? More than $165,000 in memorabilia was stolen from the unoccupied home of 
new Nebraska football coach Scott Frost over the weekend. He believed all that stuff about how much they loved him and what a great damn a hero. <laughs> Meanwhile, the thieves were ransacking his house. Bur- burglars took two Nebraska championship rings, ten Oregon rings, two UCF rings, and five pairs of Air Jordan shoes, according to the police captain. Uh, the home in Southwest Lincoln is under renovation. Police believe thieves entered through an unlocked garage. Uh, there are currently no suspects, as Pat mentioned. How in the hell are you going to sell that stuff? Patrick, uh, yeah, how do you, right. how do you yeah, move that merchandise? I don't know. Now, in Lincoln, that might be a little tough. Sure. Hey, you did know. you see Rick's garage sale? I got news for you. If the cops catch you, they're going to beat you up. Oh, yeah. You don't yeah. mess with the Nebraska football with coach. The Nebraska football. Now, if it had been the previous Nebraska football coach, they could have stolen everything they want. Right. But they're, they're welcome to this guy. So, All righty. Thank you. You bet. Matt Collar covers the Vikings for 1500ESPN.com. He has some great stuff on there right now, including a nice uh, analysis of uh, Mike Zimmer as a coach. I have a question for you, sir. Hello. Yes, what's that? Uh, how come we're claiming there's 5,000 people out there for every work- workout, and every time I see a crowd shot, there's nobody there? Oh, yes, this was a big discussion today at the TCO Performance Center of just how many people were actually in the stands. I mean, there is a lot of room for people to run around and do other things. Uh, You know, they've got the whole one field dedicated to the giant blow-up guy, and you could throw a football and try a 27-yard field goal and pretend you're Blair Walsh. So you've got all that stuff. Uh, I think that may be one reason. It's also really hot. Okay. I mean, with the sun and everything else. So I think that maybe some of the crowd shots look like there aren't that many people there, but they're kind of mingling or looking for some shade. Okay. Cause, uh, and now the rumors are if you don't pay the 20 bucks, you're a long ways away from the action. About as long as where the media parks. So, okay. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I don't. I don't feel bad for any of those people. Yeah, no, I think you are quite a ways away from where I've seen people parking and walking to it. Um, but, you know, it's only like 90 degrees on the blacktop. So, you know, just wear a hat. You'll be fine. And, uh, of course, uh, you, you helped get Victor the Viking into the stadium today. Is this true? Do we, we have very tight security, so I can't just show up and tell them who I am and walk in. Is that what you're telling me? You know, uh, I never would have thought that Victor the Viking would have a tough time getting into where the field area, but he was on his Segway, and yes. he was Vic- fully Victor the Viking, and uh, the security guard put his hand up and said, no, 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 can't, can't let you through, can't let you through. And, and now, now, what is really impressive is that Victor the Viking stayed in character in this moment and just waved his arm around and was really baffled by the whole thing with his body language. Yes. But I, I did not hear him break character for even a second. He just spun around in his Segway and looked at me with his big foam head and shrugged <laughs> his shoulders and then scooted back away. And a, and a team employee came running over and said, um, security guy, that's our team mascot. As if it wasn't clear that he was the team mascot, but he eventually did make his way in. Is there any reason this uh, mascot is called Victor other than for alliteration purposes? 
I think that that's it. But you know what? Oh, victor is in victory, I suppose. Okay, that too. Right, maybe. yeah. yeah. It's, one, it's one of the areas I'd say I'm uh, not well-versed <laughs> in, unfortunately. Well, uh, we used to have about team. three different mascots, but we're down to Victor now. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and, and Victor tweeted me and took responsibility, saying that he should have had his credential. But, you know, I just, well, yeah, Doesn't I said, that kind of take away from the whole presentation of the guy's got a big credential hanging over his head? Unless the credential was hilariously big, <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. He's got yeah, right. The the big comedic uh, pass. Then maybe that had worked. That's true. Well, uh, that said, uh, did you see that the Packers lost half their defense today? I did not. I've uh, just been out here, uh, so I haven't really been. Jake uh, Jake Ryan was dragged off the field on a you know on a cart of some kind and appeared to have something wrong. And then this Kendall Bryce is it uh, a uh, new guy in the safety? He got dragged out too. Michael Bennett left, but uh, they didn't think it was serious. But they lost two. <laughs> their first, uh, I think. There's there's. Fourth practice, they lost two of their defenders. We don't know how badly. And that's the biggest victory so far out here at the Performance Center is that no one's really hurt. Although Rashad Hill was sick uh, to start camp, and I got uh, the pleasure of seeing him vomit all over the field. And then he tried to give it a go yesterday, and it seemed like he was still ill and kind of fighting it. So today he didn't have pads on, and uh, Brian O'Neill got all the first-team reps. So so uh, some good experience with being in pads for Brian O'Neill to go up against Everson Griffin, and it didn't look like a disaster. So, I mean, he's some good experience there with Rashad Hill sick, but I would expect him back. But other than that, everyone is pretty much healthy aside from Stacey Coley battling a groin. So was it, uh, what, 90 minutes of actual combat, or what, what was the uh, what was the – the football portion of it where we're blocking you and you're tackling us, how much of that was there? There wasn't that much. I mean, there, what there was a lot of is kind of the, uh, the one-on-one drills that you can't really do without pads. So I was standing right near the offensive linemen doing the one-on-ones with the defensive linemen and watching those guys battle. And then, you know, a lot of the uh, blocking technique where they can kind of go out and hit each other and things like that. Uh, but it wasn't a lot. It was only maybe, I would say, 20 minutes of actual 11-on-11, maybe 30. Um, but, you know, we saw a lot of first-team action in there, and we're trying to figure out, you know, who's the second wide receiver to come in and all those types of things. And it's just, it's just so early, man. I mean, we have so long to go. I was thinking about this today that it isn't until more than a month from now we play a real football game. So trying to figure out which way certain things are going or how much they're going to play people is pretty tough. But they did have the pads a-popping today. So, uh, Coach Zimmer, you uh, you wrote a piece trying to uh, uh, kind of tell us how that personality of his, kind of the, the honesty, the, the, the candor, the Bill Parcells type approach, does he uh, do? Do we know if he knows what's being written and said about him? I know that he's gotten sensitive at times, but uh, is he is he pretty much ignore that stuff at least in public comments? Well, every single coach of all time always says they don't. Read yes, it, right. But I I get the sense that he generally understands what's being written and probably sees 
some headlines, but I think that if any coach was going to tell me that they are spending most of their time grinding the tape and not reading my stuff, I I would agree with Mike Zimmer being that guy, right? I mean, if anyone, I don't think he knows anything that's going on outside of football once it starts, unless someone tells him, hey, did you see this was written about you? Uh, and, and that's, yeah, sensitive, I think. Although I would also argue there were times where maybe he had a point in uh, 2016. I mean, there was something written about him ripping up a bunch of stuffed animals. And as funny yeah. as the headlines were, I mean, if that didn't really happen, I could see where he would be infuriated with that being out there. And other than that, you know, he's just like anybody else. I mean, he doesn't want to be criticized, and he is deathly afraid of losing his job. He's talked about this. He's one of the most secure coaches in the NFL, but he will still say, I am afraid of losing my job all the time. And I think that's a driving force for him, but he probably, in that same way, doesn't like to be criticized because he's always afraid of that. Uh, of course, the uh, Tony Sperano thing threw everything off kilter as far as uh, the the opening of the of camp uh, presentation and all that. We haven't had any nobody giving us a chance uh, uh, comments from uh, Zim this year, right? He knows better than that. It, it has been a big topic of conversation about expectations. And just speaking to my last point, Zimmer said expectations are bad for coaches. And he's got a point there because yeah. – if you, go, if you go back through the last 10 years, you'd be shocked that I did this, uh, and you try to find teams that don't have Manning or Brady or Rodgers or Roethlisberger on them and try to find how often somebody repeated a 12-win season if you don't have one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play, and it does not happen. You won't find it. Really? And that's where this – yeah, I mean, go, just so you know, you'll remember teams that – Oakland Raiders. I mean, they had just recently had a 12-win season and then went six and ten the next year. It is very, very rare that teams without elite, true Hall of Fame level quarterbacks can repeat from year to year. Part of the reason is that they rigged the schedule against you to play yes. all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks the next year, and you know that helps with the parity of the league. But I think another part of it is just a lot has to go right for you to go 13 and three, and usually two years in a row it doesn't. I mean, with injuries or just who you face, or let's say Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone and you get two free wins against Brett Hundley. I mean, that's not going to happen again. So that is where the expectations are very interesting to me because I don't think about the 13 wins because it it would be such an anomaly if it happened. Now, this is also the first season he's going to be here because uh, I go back to the Vikings glory days, right, uh, which, are, uh, which are far back removed. But every loss is a crisis. No matter, you, you can be 8-0, and if you lose, uh, it's going to be, what the hell's wrong with the Vikings? Uh, that, once the, the expectations for this year are such that 13-3, and people are going to say, what the hell happened in those three games? Yeah, and I also think we're going to see with Zimmer this year just how he navigates some of those ups and downs and some of the feeling at times, which I totally believe is going to happen, that the wheels are about to fall off. I mean, if you even think about the first two games, you have a San Francisco team that won a bunch of games at the end of the year and feels really good and added some players and has improved a lot. They come in here. If you even lose one game right there – then you're going to Green Bay at 0-1. It's going to feel like the season is on the brink so many times for this year that, that I, could, I could just foresee happening. And then you've got to go 
to New England to play Brady. You got to go to Seattle to play Russell Wilson. You got to go out to LA to face them with Indomitian and Sue on their defense. You got to go to Philadelphia that whooped you last year in the NFC title game. Like, I mean, it, if they end up 10 and 6, that's a really good season still. They could be a better football team and end up with a worse record. But I think what we're going to see with Zimmer is at times in 2016, I thought he mishandled situations with his honesty. Uh, where they faced adversity, but last year I thought he was much better when they ended up with with some different things they had to get over. So now, how is he going to handle those and keep them going in the right direction when times get tough? Yeah, that's uh, the, the coaches are always uh, uh, very interesting, and he did have expectations in 2016. Uh, I always mm-hmm. said that nobody's personality changed more than Jerry Kill after he went to this the glory of the Citrus Bowl, and then the next year we wanted him to actually win some games, and he did not take it well. So, you know, yep, and that's and, and that is exactly right because that's what's going to be tough is now with Kirk Cousins, and it's Kirk Cousins too. It's not just Zimmer. It's oh Cousins. yeah. With, with Cousins, it was always, hey, can Washington make the playoffs with this underdog quarterback? And now it's, hey, buddy, if you're not in the Super Bowl, then we're all going to be really upset with you. And that, that is a major, major change for, for him. I think Zimmer probably is used to that now, three years in a row of having very high expectations. But this will be a first for Kirk Cousins. All right, Matthew, thank you. Talk to you uh, later. Thank you. Okay, Matthew Collar covers the Vikings for 1500ESPN.com. He's got three or four good stories on there right now. Ride with Roycey. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints. What's your daily complaint, Rivers? Um, now, as the non-newsman, uh, I was a big supporter of this player for a long time. I still like a lot of his game. Brian Dozier needs to stop whining, and I'm tired of hearing it. And I think it's ready to for Brian to move did on. He, uh, did There's he do more it again quotes today? coming out again about, oh, it's just a gut punch, Brian. Yeah. This is Major League Baseball. Trades happen when you're eight games under 500 and nine games think, back of a terrible division I leader. Think he might be making noise to make sure they trade him. Ooh, see, this is why kind of, yeah. you I make. Think, okay, I think right, he's had right. it here. He's done he's with ready him, to go. and he wants him to move him. That's and a, he figures if he raises a little hell, that's a pretty good point. Sure. But will this and not and and not do it to the extreme to where he ends up yes. being completely yeah, unlikable? People and, get mad at him in case he doesn't get. Okay, but you right. mentioned you mentioned the tribe. What other options do they have right now? About Boston, I guess maybe. Yeah, I think Boston is still taken, but I you're not, you, you know they got their. They got more for Presley. They got as much for Presley and more for Escobar than they're going to get for Dozier. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, my daily complaint is with myself for oh. not having this sound queued up when we were talking about it, oh, about an hour and a half ago. The uh, massive moonshot that Mark McGuire hit off of Frankie Rodriguez <laughs> in the Metrodome in 1996. So I just have to play this oh, now really? because, because it, John huh? Miller has a great call on it. seen one longer than that to that part of this ballpark in front of a roaring crowd <laughs> so of 11,000 people a Sunday night game yeah, yeah. Sunday night yeah. game when Sunday ESPN, night yeah. game the great John Miller man I miss Frankie, him you look like an ant <laughs> you look like a look out in the Mississippi an ant. <laughs> uh, complete with uh complete with uh 
you know, adjective, that's for sure. Oh. Here's my daily complaint. What do you got, sir? The Vikings not being in Mankato. I was melancholy for your college town when I was down there Saturday. I nobody, feel for those people. I, I drove by it and I tweeted out pictures of you know the the football facilities on the first Saturday of workouts and people got mad at me. I wasn't I mean the Vikings not being in Mankato for the first time in 52 years is a story of what it is left behind in yes. Mankato. Got some great quotes from Todd Hoffner, by the way, which I did in a blog because I couldn't get him in my uh, column about how I said, well, you don't have to worry about, you know, being in a smaller locker room. He said, basically he said the hell with that. He said it was great. It was a great advantage for us. When you were out recruiting, you said Mankato. And they said, oh, yeah, the Vikings. The Vikings there. Yep. He said, yeah. uh, he said it's really a blow to the to the not only the university and the business community but also to his football program. So it was you know 52 years you can't just say hey it's over and not expect people to be sad about it. So anyway, Mankato uh, Mankato deserved at least a week I think or a scrimmage down there something.